Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This is the Terminator. In the year 1984, the Terminator was released. In the year 1992, Terminator 2 was released. And then no more Terminator movies were released. Maybe next month, a Terminator movie will be released. Maybe not. <laughs> they had a TV show though. TV show's good. Yeah. <laughs> but let, we're getting down to the uh, original brass tacks uh, with, with 1984 The Terminator. The, making it absolute. So this is Matt. This is Luke. And welcome to our sci fi sanctuary. Where we're going to terminate things today. Um, we, we like to start, or I think we like to start, by talking about our initial impressions, how we got into the movie. I'm not quite sure where I saw this. I may have seen it first on like network TV edited version and then gone across the street to my friend's house in the late 80s and seen the proper version before I was actually allowed to. Mm. But, um, you know, this did slip into my conscious uh, without me really knowing where that all started anyway. My literal earliest memory is dragging myself along my grandmother's floor pretending to be the Terminator with its legs blown off. So, were you... I saw this film young. Did you use your legs? No, I was lying on the floor, just dragging myself along with my arms. It's an early memory, though. I mean, were you, like, kind of cheating or not? Do you remember? I believe I could walk. Okay. So but it's the earliest clear memory. I've got oh, no, 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 no. I mean, like, when you were doing it, like, as a kid, were you, like, actually pulling yourself only oh. by your arms? Or were you cheating and using your legs? I reckon I was cheating and using my legs. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think I had the upper body strength at the age of four. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking in. But this is the, um, yeah, of course, this is James Cameron's uh, second film. What's the first? I'm interested. <gasps> you don't know the first? I thought this was obvious. The first is the classic Piranha 2. <laughs> I think I did know that, but I've forgotten, but that's excellent. I mean, this this is his first real film. I, I get, You know what? I haven't seen Piranha 2, to be honest. It, it may be fantastic. I haven't seen Piranha 1, so... <laughs> <laughs> I like most James Cameron films, so maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and th- I mean, this is basically uh, Arnie's breakthrough as well. Because um, we have... What do we have for us? Hercules in New York. Yep. What What is the... Um, oh, that's the... That's... Stay Hungry and... Stay Hungry, there we go. I think there's another, there was two actual films about bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, that's strong. Let me Stay Hungry. Strong wasn't in the title. No. No, okay. Stay Hungry is what I was working on. And Conan, both Conans are before this. Really? No, no it was, that was kind of in the form of a question. I don't think so. I think one of them was before this. I'm not even sure if that's right. Because ah. uh, he always talks about this as his breakout role, but maybe there was a Conan. This, this is definitely the breakout. Because he was, his agent encouraged him to play Kyle Reese. And he said, no, you don't understand. He's not the star of this film. 
<laughs> the Terminator is the star of this film. Hell, he was right. Yeah. He was, he, <laughs> we know him as a big, dumb guy, but he's actually a pretty smart man. Yeah, he is a smart man. <laughs> um, do you know the original um, envisioned Terminator? Was there not two? I, I know believe at one, one point the idea was to have basically the Terminator and the T-1000 both in the first film. Oh, I did not come across that. Um, what I had come across was Lance Hendrickson, who does show up slightly in this film, being the original choice for the Terminator. And the other one I've heard is O.J. Simpson was considered for the role, and they turned him down because he's too likable. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I know. <laughs> How would we feel about this film now, though? Very differently. <laughs> Just like how, how, how we can't talk about our favorite Kevin Spacey film, K-Pax, anymore. Except I, this is worse. I kind of want to. I like K-Pax a lot. <laughs> That's the answer. What's your favorite Kevin Spacey film, K-Pax? But uh, no, today's... O.J. Simpson is the Terminator. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Mm. Um, budgetary. This one was quite low, I believe. It, yes. Well, I mean, sec- director's second film. Arnold's not that big yet. I, I don't like to... Tensely cut thriller, so... I like to wait a little bit to get to my notes, but my first note here is, oh yeah, the Orion logo. There's a there's a way back. But but when I was a kid, the Orion logo meant this film will be awesome, but it will be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, it's just the Terminator logo, so I get very nostalgic seeing it. Oh, okay. See, I, I was already in it uh, before we got to that. So, anyway... Uh, you're you're going to plot us through this one? You're going to tell us the story of The Terminator. Okay. So, in the year 2029, mankind has been wiped out by heartless machines... The self-aware military computer Skynet is hunting down the humans and killing them with machines called Terminators. After 30 seconds of this, we go back to modern day 1984, where time-traveling soldier Kyle Reese must protect Sarah Connor, future mother of John Connor, the human who will lead the human resistance against the machines. A 90-minute car chase ensues, And eventually, Kyle dies, the Terminator dies, and Sarah Connor makes it through this extended metaphor for the fears of pregnancy. So despite the, the brevity of the um, synopsis, I do need to read a note I don't think you've seen yet. Go on. And, he, and there goes our 30 seconds of trippy future. Hope the present of 1984, oh shit, will help. Yeah, we're closer to 2029 now. <laughs> I know. Um, there's Agenda, what, 2030? Have you heard that one? Agenda 2030? Yeah, I think it was originally Agenda 2018 or something, or 2019, okay. but... Uh, that, that, that's where the elite um, crush our bones under the, the uh, boot of their oh, okay. steel toe, rubber rubber heel, something like that. Why did you change the steel to rubber? Because the front would be steel, but the back might be rubber. Oh, okay, a steel-toed boots. I'm just thinking if I'm going to smash someone's face 
I do it under my heel, not under my toe. So maybe the rubber. Yeah, and I should do it karate. Yeah. Okay. The Terminator has lots of metal, though. His lots heel, of metal his heel, skulls, in fact. His heel is steel, I think. <laughs> Adamantium? He just says metal endoskeleton, doesn't he? Metal's metal, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not Adamantium. It gets blown to shit. Anyway, the, the first thing that really struck me on this, uh, you know, I've seen this movie so many times. I haven't seen it for a while. I watched it. And um, this one, I really felt like Odorama should have come into play. You mean like the smell? You the mean the sm smell of Kyle Reese? <laughs> oh, oh, starting with that. The smell of Kyle Reese's pants. <laughs> Kyle Reese. Sweaty man in stolen hobo pants. <laughs> Just like the whole movie. I'm like, he never, he got some nice shoes. Yeah, but he never, pretty he, sure he never changed them pants. I think when he gets laid, and I think it's his first, it, well, he says it's his first time being laid, doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, he's still in his he's still in those homo pants, and and from first shot, you're pretty sure they're not a nice set of pants. Yeah, they, are, they got some stains. <laughs> and the other one, I, I know I I know the scene is registered with me before, but just with that trailing in my mind the whole time, we got the scene of um Arnie rolling down the the cheap hotel hallway yeah. with a dude just like cringing at the smell of desiccated flesh. <laughs> <laughs> fleshy bits of him are dying but he doesn't give a shit so. well of course he doesn't give a shit when I do that it's the smell it does think about if you're buddy you got a dead dog in there <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know think about all the fire brimstone and sulfur at the uh, and, and the crap I went to the second movie there's some industrial smells in the in yeah the industrial. to be fair I don't think the future smells that bad because there's nothing alive yeah those bones just smell are... of yeah, but they've been scorched. No, no, I'm just saying they're they're bleached bones. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this just smells of metal and chemicals. Maybe that's what uh, Skynet's out to do in the future is to to make everything. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the day before Skynet became self-aware, they installed a smell sensor. <laughs> that's why it decided to wipe us out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sticking while while we're on the fun stuff, I was just knowing Arnie never quite looks cool in this movie. No, not so much cool. When you think about the Terminator, you think about the the second movie. He's yeah. got his biker leathers and but I mean he loses his eyebrows quite early here and you can't look cool if you don't have eyebrows. But he does look menacing. Oh, he looks menacing as hell. He looks more menacing here as he should, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like there is an element of very good acting to how he plays an emotionless machine. Like just his movements and even just down to I think I saw him mention this in an interview. He moves his eyes before his head every time. Ooh, that's a good take. Because that, like, they get him to teach the other Terminators in all the sequels. Well, as you said, let's, let's not get political and say if his role in Governor was smart. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I've never lived in California. But his acting choices here are quite smart. Yes. <laughs> even yeah, even if he was, you disagree with him, he was definitely smart. Like, yeah, yeah. He's not a dumb man. I take most of my health advice from Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I, th I think most people would look, most actors would look at a script and be like, eight lines, I don't want that part. But mm. he was like, oh, that's the lead role. Yeah, yeah. And he, he made was, it the lead role. absolutely right. <laughs> you think of that film, you think of his scenes. Yeah, because uh, uh, Michael Biehn's fine. He's good in here, but he, he is, um, you know, boilerplate 80s thriller good. Uh, I thought that till I watched Terminator Genesis. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like... Um, 
Kyle Reese was a character, <laughs> and now he's generic action hero. He is more generic in there. It's a, well, uh, I've only seen it once. But <laughs> yeah, same. I never want to see it. I wish I had him. <laughs> but in this film, he only smiles once in the entire runtime. And it's the morning after him and Sarah have sex. The rest of the film, he never smiles. He plays a broken man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess like, I... Hmm. Yeah, there is, there is a role there. It's not just quipping here. It's not like the sort of role Arnie would go on to play. No, and he he's uh, he's James Cameron's man, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. He he does pretty good turns in Aliens and The Abyss, <laughs> the director's cut of Terminator Two. The director, yes, <laughs> which was a good scene. I don't yeah. know. They, sorry, uh, the last eight times I've watched Terminator Two, I watched that one, so I forgot that. Yeah, same. Not. And then um, I caught it on TV one time back in the UK, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot all these scenes are not in the film. <laughs> But uh, th- this one doesn't have anything. Does this have deleted scenes? Yes. Hit me. Um, okay, there's a scene um, just after they've escaped the police station when they're on the run. Sarah talks to Kyle and says, why don't we just go blow up Cyberdyne? Oh, okay. Setting up, kind of setting up Terminator 2. And then also there's a slightly extended version of the ending where you see that the factory where the final showdown took, that took place, was Cyberdyne, and they've got the Terminator. Yeah, the, well, that's definitely, they definitely keyed in at the end. Oh, and they, yeah, okay, yes, I have seen those, but uh, yeah. I did not watch those in my last passing. Also, the one that we watched, assuming you watched the same one as me. I watched the original cut. But not quite. No, why? Two reasons. Opening titles where it says The Terminator in big, big, big letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Original cinematic cut was a typo. <laughs> Terminator is spelled with an E-R at the end. <laughs> so it has the very, very big letters slowly going past the screen, and then it zooms out and has the whole word. When it zooms out and you see the word Terminator is spelled correctly, but when the letters are slowly scrolling past you, Terminator is spelled wrong. <laughs> also, the very end has the producers acknowledge the works of Harlan Ellison. Oh. Which is not in the cinematic cut, and was added against Cameron's wishes. Uh-huh. Yet he does... Okay, Harlan Ellison is an asshole, right? Yeah. Okay, but he does also get shit on, like... (laughs) Yeah, right, but this is stealing from Harlan Ellison in the same way that George Lucas stole from Flash Gordon. It's a film which uses elements of the sci-fi which Cameron saw as a kid. Mm, Right. It's not... that close to any of the plots that Harlan Ellison mentions. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking more of his uh, Star Trek run. Where he, right. But he wrote City for, episode, right? Yeah, he wrote City on Edge Forever. Fantastic script. They even made a comic book from that script, which I haven't read, but um, completely unfilmable for on a television budget. Yeah. And so they made the changes, and it's a fantastic episode. He was pissed. I think so. we've talked before, though. What they should do next with the Kelvin verse is just film that script. <laughs> yeah, sure, they got the budget. Uh, they're going to do that again? I don't know. Um, so are they doing one with... Um... Isn't Quentin Tarantino directing the next one? That That is in the, the, the buzz. I've heard it on and off the buzz. Times, That's in yeah. the buzz. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I guess I... Honestly, I don't... I've read my Asimov. I've read my Clark. I haven't actually read Harlan Ellison. So, so it's not his... It's specifically a couple of his... What's the shit Twilight Zone? Uh, outer Limits. Yeah, a couple of Outer Limits episodes. Sorry, I like that one too. Just, I did, just I just... throwing that. Just, <laughs> I, if you're saying I, it's hate emails, it's good. But it, it is a shit Twilight Zone. Yeah. But it's pretty good but too. I watched it has the, too many monsters. I watched a couple of scenes which supposedly Terminator was using. Mm. And definitely 
the imagery at the start of Soldier is the imagery at the start of Terminator. It's a war-torn battlefield, lasers are lighting up the sky, and then the two soldiers... In the 60s? They got like, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It, actually, it, it is very much, <coughs> this is the opening of Terminator made on the 60s techniques. It's pretty cool. Um, the other thing which people claim must have inspired Terminator is Philip K. Dick's story. Second Variety. Have you read that one? N- no. I've only read The Man in the High Castle for him, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, it is very Terminator. So it's set in the future where the machines have taken over and conquering humanity and the people are hiding out in, like, the last, you know, Zion from the Matrix or whatever. And then the new technique the machines are using is robots that look like humans. Oh, so that producer credit should have uh, thanked Philip K. Dick instead. Both, which, yeah. which most sci-fi movies made after 1980 should probably thank Philip K. Dick. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of them bother, some of them don't. <laughs> yes. This this one maybe was slightly misguided, but whatever. But no, uh, I, I feel like it was just... Uh, like I said, it was like a Star Wars. It was a he watched sci-fi as a kid, was immersed in sci-fi, and he just absorbed a lot of these ideas. I doubt Cameron was aware what he was taking from when he made it. <laughs> he just made it from the tropes he knew right anyway we hit arnold we hit michael bean uh how about a bit of uh, bill paxton bill paxton oh the very the punk at the start right? I, I just have to call him out because yeah, yeah, yeah you it's know fun. he's just he's he's in for what 20 seconds but he's bill paxton he's great and uh, that scene is very fun I'm, I, every like i was sad to see him pass a few years because like bill pa- no game over's not over for him game over man's not over for him I, I have a better way to say it, but I don't know why this. It's not game over for him. But it was, and that's why it was depressing. Uh, but I just needed to give him his moment, because we like him. Yeah, yeah, they were fun punks. And Linda Hamilton, uh, out, you know, the, the mega Ripley here. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> but not in this movie, is no, she? But that is her rep now. You can see her, her character arc between the two films is so good. Yeah. And that's why I'm now... Because she's actually back for the one that's coming out maybe next month. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it might exist. I might decide it doesn't. Well, I, maybe but yeah, we that, have to hit that one too. It's the one thing that none of the sequels did, right? They Some of them brought back Arnie, but they didn't bring back her. And I feel like she's as key to these two films being as great as they are as he is. Jumping ahead in the TV show was Lena Hadley? Yeah, so her... She was, and she was quite good, too. She was good, but... No, she's not Linda Hamilton. That she, she owns this role, but she was quite good. So, fun, fun <clears throat> observation. Lena Hedy, Cersei from Game of Thrones. Right. Um, okay, so Lena Hedy played Sarah Connor in the TV show. Amelia Clarke played Sarah Connor in Terminator Genesis. Was that a movie? Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> then, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> from one possible future, from where we're... <laughs> uh, so they were both willing to dye their hair blonde to play characters in Game of Thrones. Neither of them was willing to be blonde to play Sarah Connor. So they're both dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a ten-year difference. You can change your mind. But not for Amelia Clark. She was still <clears throat> playing Daenerys when she played Sarah Connor. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just weird that they both ended up playing... Uh, the same character, and then were like enemies in Game of Thrones. Lena Headey was much better at it, by the way. <laughs> She's a, she was, like you say, quite a good Sarah Connor. Yeah. Media Clark was terrible. But Sarah Connor's here's the thing: uh, Sarah Connor actually is the um, scream scream queen slasher victim through most of the movie. But well, it, yeah, it, it's worth mentioning this it, film is a slasher. Yeah. You could the Terminator could be Jason. 
Michael Myers. I want to say Freddy, but yeah, no, the same idea. He doesn't do anything so whack, right? He just stomps towards you and kills you. Good point. I like the whack. But okay, sure, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> and every time you think he's dead, he's not. <laughs> but um, so I, I guess that... I, I, okay, let's compare with Jamie Lee Curtis in real quick. Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis. Does that... I, I honestly... Have you seen the Halloween movies? I've pretty much just seen the first one, I think. Okay. Then we can't go into context. So if you want to hit us up, tell us. But I, I'm wondering how her art compares because she steals herself in the w- same way in Halloween. And Does she... Within Halloween, the first film. I can't remember how that ends. Yeah, I didn't watch it because we're, we're not doing Halloween here. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Because Sarah, even within the course of this film, goes from helpless and doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, she's militant mom in the last scene. She, she's yeah, a Sarah she, Connor. She, she eventually beats the Terminator, right? And she exactly. gets a cool kill like, <laughs> you're a Terminator fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, Which I always in my head remember <clears throat> as motherfucker. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh no, it's not motherfucker, it's just fucker. I remember it as fucker. That's, that's Mandela effect probably. Yeah, yeah well, just, I'm conflating it with, you are one. Ugly motherfucker. I'm from 616. You're from 813, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe you're from 616 if you want to claim it. Okay, I'm going to hit you up with a few lines. Some of them are my own. Okay. Uh, You can just respond. Um, uh, Like, what year is it, man? So that line always takes me back to a review I read of Pokemon Diamond on the DS. (laughs) Because... Here's the thing, Pokemon games do not change much between release. <laughs> so the review and it, for the little box that says graphics just says, Michael Biden voice, what's the date? What year? <laughs> Hello, I am normal citizen with shotgun. <laughs> that, that's the one flaw to casting Arnie as the Terminator. Terminators are supposed to completely blend in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Arnold does not. <laughs> my, my read of it is just always that they can't build them small enough. <laughs> so they've got to fit quite a big robot in the skin, so they have to be big men. Uzi 9mm! Right. I was watching this scene with my girlfriend, who is also American. Can you really do this? Maybe in the 80s. Just walk into a shop and buy that many fucking guns? M- my <laughs> note right after writing that is, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's- Wrong. <laughs> like, the, the line is uh, the best bit, which rings very true to me. He's like, oh, any one of these would be good for home defence. You know this fucker's not buying them for home defence. But that happens every single day. And then white men shoot up schools. So. <laughs> uh, just real quick. Um, if Arnold could de-age himself and make the film again today, mm. would he insist on having the catchphrase, you're terminated? Probably. Okay, just checking. Because he does it in some of the sequels, I think. He does. Okay, I am remembering this from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Is come with me if you want to live a good bar pickup line. I've been married for 10 years. (laughs) It could work. (laughs) I don't think that makes it good. (laughs) I'm just thinking, in a bar, he's in a bar, come with me if you want to live. I mean, there's got to be something to that. I think they do an episode of How I Met Your Mother about that. (laughs) (laughs) Barney, like, appears outside the bar naked and pretends he traveled back in time. Um, I have another quote for Kyle Reese here while he's on camera having his interview in the police station. Pay attention is what I shout almost counts as gibberish. (laughs) I mean, for someone trying to convince people of something, he's doing... I guess he doesn't have people skills, which is understandable, but, uh, whoa! Well, yeah, he's never been... I think he says as much that he was born after Judgment Day, right? Yeah. So he has no concept of 
existing in our world. <laughs> it's really dumb that John sent him back. <laughs> well, I know he sent him back to bang his mum, but... <laughs> <laughs> he had his reasons. <laughs> Creepy reasons. <laughs> yeah. Should yeah. the line actually be, I'll be back with a car? No, I like that it's I'll be back. Of course it's Right, should. but obviously a, it's become the thing now, I'll be back. He's a in robot. In the moment, though. it's a funny line because it's, it, you forget that it works really well in this film where it originated because it is, oh no, you can't see it right now. Okay, I'll be back. Because it doesn't work in any other movie. No, <laughs> the movie. other ones are all done. But I'm just like, he's a robot, he should add with a car. Well, um... Apparently it was in the script, I will be back, because the robot wouldn't conjugate it. But then Schwarzenegger said it because it sounded cool that way. Conjugation is a bitch. Uh, Neil Armstrong possibly landing on the moon, as we all know. We're not sure about that. But the line, his, <laughs> his, his line was actually, um, uh, that's one small step for a man. A man, And yeah. it just got garbled, right? Yep. This one giant leap for mankind. So, you know, same idea. You, you screw it up, it, it I guess in Armstrong's case, maybe it would have worked better with what he is actually trying to say. Yeah, definitely, because uh, it, it makes no fucking sense what, he's, <laughs> what we remember. But with Arnie, he, he may be a robot, but he's not Data, so we will let him conjugate it. Well, it, we see him explicitly. He picks up phrases that people use and uses them, right? So, <laughs> because well, later on, Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was him, though. He he just learned he 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 learned to use colorful metaphors. That's what happened. <laughs> so we will share with you a link um, where twelve-year-old myself and some thirteen-year-old friends tried to remake the Terminator and. 1991. It's called Got the Time. I'm not going to lie, it's better than the films I was making at the same age. (laughs) Uh, My main thought was just how much 11-year-old Matt looks like 11-year-old Luke. Okay, that's cool. I I, I was afraid you were going to say I look like me now, which wasn't going to make me happy, but that's cool. No, but... It was was something. (laughs) I just want to note the things that we felt the need to include. We felt the need that you send a Terminator back in time to kill people you need, but it's not for any AI reason. The machines didn't take over. You're just pissed and you send someone back in time. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of the um, prepubescent way to look at it. <laughs> yep. You include the gun shop scene. Apparently that one stuck in the memory. Yeah, yeah, that's why it was in my quote list. Yeah. Um, we included the eye scene, which in this case he's damaged because, what, he throws a banana at his eye? <laughs> Something stupid, yeah. <laughs> Well, you also made a joke which T2 went on to make the year later, where he just puts on the sunglasses because they're cool, not for the actual logical reason he does it in the first film. Oh, right, right. He just steals it from, from the, his maker's body. Yeah, sort well, yeah of like, in T2, he just steals it from the biker and puts them on. Yeah, sort of like the horse at the Denver airport. Do you know what I'm talking about? I remember the horse at the Denver airport. Look into the Denver airports. Everything about the Denver airport is some weird satanic Anyway, there's a giant blue horse there, a sculpture, and it actually murdered its creator. Yes, yeah. I I couldn't work out where you were going with bringing up the Denver horse, but yeah, it fell on him, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they put it back up, but it's there, it's, it's blue, nostrils flaring, it looks evil, and it killed its creator, like a Terminator. Nice. Um, I, I guess what I really wanted to get to is um, we, ha- we, we did the eye scene with the, you know, we had like, we had those little bits of tech, but 
the S the the special effects in the in the real Terminator they're fantastic, yet they suck. <laughs> they do the job, but they haven't aged the best. Because well, Reese goes into so much about how the Terminator is. Oh, we can't tell him anymore. He's not. He's not. You know, he's not a rubber job like those early ones. But there's like eight scenes where he looks completely rubber. <laughs> Well, including scenes where it is Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, he looks like a rubber job. I mean, I feel like maybe we can, t- especially once he starts, you know, having putrefied flesh dripping off of him. I think people could tell something's up with this dude. Yeah, but, I mean, he's not talking about this specific instance with this one. He's talking about when they would just turn up in the camps when everyone stinks because it's the fucking apocalypse future. Uh, let's get into some more serious points. Um, I guess Skynet is not an evolved conscious... Is, is Skynet a consciousness? I thought... Yeah, it is. Okay. Because I'm, I would argue that in T2, the Terminator has consciousness. But, yeah, okay. The t- the, and th- that's what we're looking at the first one here. Yeah. We're, we're, the, they're, I they're don't in... think in this film the Terminator does. No, he I definitely does not. I do think Skynet is. He's just a monster that you have to I crush, mean, as a slasher film does. What is consciousness if not self-awareness? Okay, but, so, let, let's, let's just go ahead and say, okay, Skynet has some kind of self-awareness. Um, it's running away from its problems. It can't deal with the problems it has now, which is exterminating the human race. It has to, like, come with some Rube Goldberg scheme, because this plan makes very little sense. Right, yeah. Um, would it exist if it pulls this plan off? It's really... But then at the end it implies that it wouldn't exist if it didn't pull this plan off. Right, so, so it had to do it. Which, it again, it. kind of turns the key back and says, oh, it's not conscious. It's just or, machinations that had to happen. Maybe it's, it's conscious, but it is aware. It knows it won't win, but it knows it has to turn the Terminator back in time to be born. And it all gets explained in Terminator Genesis. What? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what I just said, I haven't Sorry. played Terminator on the Genesis, I only played it on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm talking about movies that don't exist. <laughs> I, I, you know, I went to see that movie and I, I think I convinced myself for about 30 minutes I liked it. <laughs> I convinced myself for Terminator Salvation I liked it for like two weeks. I was like, oh, Mike or not, Mike or, Michael Ironside was in it. That means it must be good. I think I liked Terminator Salvation for quite a while. Yeah. It was just on repeat. Each rewatch, it just held up worse and worse. <laughs> but no, Genesis, I didn't even see in the theaters. And then my family were telling me, like, no, it's so good. It's the best one since Terminator. It's amazing. It's one of the best films ever. And I watched it. And I just hated it so much. Well, here's from the, the thing first that second. movie does recreate all of the Terminator parts very well, except for the action hero versus broken memories, as you mentioned. Yeah. But otherwise, it pretty well does recreate all the old things. Uh, so, giving a little aside for CGI Arnie, but it's just, it just screws up everything else. No, I'll tell you why it doesn't. And it's something that even T2 doesn't do as well, which is. Like, when the Terminator is injured or repairing itself or whatever, the fleshy bits are gory. Whereas they sanitize that in all the sequels, even Terminator 2. Terminator 2, when he gets damaged, like, is there maybe a little bit of blood, but it's quite a very clean, just there is skin and then metal underneath. I guess Whereas that's... in this one, it, like, when he's cutting his eye off or doing the repairs on his arms, you see, like, there's, like, a living thing which is bleeding and stuff. I guess that's why the stinky parts got to me so much watching it again. Yeah, because by 
if you look at the other Terminators in later films, you couldn't imagine them stinking. Because it's just... Chrome and... Chrome rubber. and like, yeah. A <laughs> little bit of a... It's like some of the Terminator toys you can buy where it's got like... I had these ones as a kid where you have like plastic action figures of the endoskeleton. And it came with this mix that you add water to and put them in this thing. And it adds a layer of like thin skin-coloured rubber at the top that then comes off. I saw those, but it seemed like a really terrible idea. I'm kind of... It's Doctor weird. was a surprise present from my grandmother when she was in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the context. I have a very messy room. Mm. Always. Yeah. You now, come into my room and made it a mess. No, I'm, I'm telling... <laughs> exactly, right. I also uh, been to your house, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, the parts you saw weren't so bad, but... <laughs> but I, I'm, like, weirdly clean freak, so any toys that involve, like, slime or goo or moldy stuff, I just, I didn't want those. Uh, um, so this is, like, me and Shen. She is really untidy, but super clean. Whereas I like to keep things tidy, but always put off cleaning. Okay, I'm on, I'm on the, the Shen yeah, route. Yeah, right? Everything's yeah. tidy, <laughs> but not, no, 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 everything's clean, but nothing's tidy. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... I don't know. For me, it's like creativity is uh, bolstered by a chaotic atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I'm not like a total clean freak. No, I can see that, but... but like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like walking into someone's house and I feel like I'm in an Ikea showroom. I don't like weird smells. Or that. Again, I've, I'm harping on that. This is like the scent show here today. This <laughs> <laughs> episode, we're at least in smell of <laughs> No, no. This, so we on, were we on a point? I don't remember. This podcast is recorded for our unborn children, like Sarah Connor's tapes. That's what I'm getting at. Again, I, I pointed this out to Matt when I read this note. He's got a born child. So, like, is, she, is Hannah not allowed to listen to this? No, she's not going to listen to this. <laughs> Come on. Uh, her first language is Japanese. Um, she has not seen The Terminator. She's, she's not. She asked. Actually, uh, my wife didn't quite figure out what we were doing. Sunday I'm like yeah I'm going, to, I'm going to record this podcast on Monday with Luke podcast oh Hannah just asked me yesterday what's a podcast what's a podcast <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast people I mean even in the English speaking world they're only just becoming popular now right are they I thought they were real popular that's why we're doing this are well we... no but like until I moved to Nagano and met you and Rob I didn't know anyone in the real world who was into podcasts. Are we on the crest of the wave? Hey, people, listen and subscribe. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I only like... I don't like popular podcasts. <laughs> Sometimes Rob tries to get me to listen to, like, This American Life and stuff. The same here. I listen to it, and I'm just like, nah. Yep. I just want, like, two British dudes chatting shit. Because <laughs> what I like about podcasts is... Like, you know, when I'm just, like, wandering around on my own, kind of feels like you have friends. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I walk around... too, like, slick and modern, you don't get that. I walk around through rice fields at midnight listening to podcasts, because I guess those are my new friends, and sometimes you and I become our new friends now. <laughs> you could words real good, Matt. How depressing is that? I become my new friend. <laughs> I don't know what... I don't know what we were talking about anymore. I think we were trying to talk about something serious. Do you have anything? about a toy that my nan bought me. Yeah. But yeah, I should mention my grandmother is the reason I'm a big Terminator fan. As a young kid, um, so my mom, my mother was 21 when she had me and single. So I was a lot of the time raised by my grandmother for like the first five years of my life. And she had a VHS player and a whole stack of films, but not many kids' films. <laughs> So I just used to watch Schwarzenegger movies over and over. <laughs> My favourite childhood movie was Commando, <laughs> followed by Terminator 2. 
then Terminator, and then Raw Deal. Okay, now, now I get the Schwartz in here, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, my mother, my mum eventually found out and was furious that my grandmother had just been showing me 18 rated movies all day while mum was at work. Well, I promise you we'll get to Total Recall, the good oh, yeah, one, yeah. and maybe even the sixth day I if you're lucky. I was going to say sixth day. <laughs> Other ones are kind of sci-fi. Is that it? Predator. Oh, definitely Predator. Yeah. Sorry, that, that I've, I've only seen that once. I guess we're going to watch that soon. Oh, yeah. Probably. And then, of course, so I love The Terminator, but my personal favorite film of all time is T2. Yeah. I, when I saw T2, so I was, what, 13? Mm. Guns N' Roses knew... Single is in that movie. It was yeah. the most awesome thing ever. And I saw it in a podunk theater in Delaware because I was on summer vacation visiting my family. Visiting my family, Southern accent came out. And oh my God, it was just so awesome. It was the best thing ever. And Terminator 2 definitely spent time as the best thing ever. Um, I feel like this one's the best thing, well, the better thing now. So, <laughs> like I said, I like Terminator 2 more. It's my favorite film. Despite that, I could argue this is a better film. If there is such a thing as an objective quality, which there isn't, but this film is so tight and it makes sense and things happen because they are the next thing that would happen due to characters and events. It's just a really like tightly packed, well-paced, almost perfect thriller. Terminator 2 is... It's that as well. That, but also... It's a big, dumb Schwarzenegger movie with explosions and action scenes thrown in, so there are explosions and action scenes. But, but even more so, getting back to the smell, um, <laughs> this one has a certain grit to it that no other Terminator production ever right. has. Well, that's, that's kind of what I was getting about with the gore as yeah. well. This film, it's visceral. Like, the future scenes... Be- Again, like you said, it's a cheap film, but done well. It's that thing that a lot of directors have where when they have limitations on them... They're forced to use all of the tricks in the book to make things look real. And it looks better than when they can just throw money at a problem. It's like T2's a Porsche and you run your hand along that and it's very smooth. This one's a Porsche too, but it's all fucked up and has dings and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, paint smeared off of it in certain places. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the future scenes look so good because they're just... They're so dirty and grimy and everything right. is smashed apart. Because like we said, it's 30 seconds in and you, you've lost most of the lasers and stuff. That was a cool future stuff. When we go back to the future later in the film, it's just in a sewer, basically. Uh, <laughs> I think we get three. We get this, we get... That's the car chasey one. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, there's that too, but... Yeah. I'm just saying, like... It's, you know, it's also pretty depressing. Yeah, yeah, but, but I'm just saying we get a, a, a big part in the future, which really is just in, like, a warehouse, you know? But yeah. it still holds that grime. It still feels like this horrible future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really get an impression of, like, the grim life that um, Kyle Reese has led. And, you know, lots of imagery... Based <laughs> on real-life genocides, essentially. Like, he has the, um, the barcode on his arm. Because he's been in a death camp. Yeah, yeah, that that certainly uh, <laughs> has a bit of weight in our in our line of uh, realities. Yeah, let's. Uh, at the moment, they only put the barcode to put you in camps on a card, but soon they'll be tat- tattooing it on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird. Uh, I, I feel like in America, I, I haven't been in America for almost ten years, but if, from my understanding, people don't really use cash anymore, right? 
Um, so I've never been to America. In the UK, we were becoming a very cashless society at the point when I left. And from what I understood, we were a bit ahead of America in that regard. Okay. Like the contactless cards were picked, were, the UK cottoned onto them very fast because we had contactless train cards. Because now, you know, we live in Japan and we're still rolling the dough. You pay with paper or, or little coins. But yeah, I basically <clears throat> never buy anything on card. I just draw the cash out and do it that way. Exactly. There's and, a lot of places you can't play on card. And Japan's starting to have the signs that maybe they don't want us to do that anymore. But Japanese are very much into the, the act of having a interaction with someone doing that. Yeah. Uh, again, not Skynet. It's not mechanical. You, you have to do this... Um, like, we're at the convenience store, and we, we, we put the money down, right? I actually kind of splay it out, like, in an artistic fashion when I can. Uh, but Well, and then also the the cashier will count out the notes in front of you. Exactly. So you, that's a totally fun story. So um, on New Year, when me and Andrew went up to the Snow Monkeys, a colleague of mine and Max, me and him went to Cloudy Mountain, and we got to the train station, like, a minute before our train. So Andrew's hurriedly paying the guy... I'm like, okay, 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 okay. And then he painstakingly counts out our change. I'm like, okay, okay, please hurry. Then flips it over upside down, painstakingly counts it again. <laughs> That's why I artistically splay out my coins. I make sure it looks like a kind of a Zen motion, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> it was so perfectly comically timed. And Andrew's was just vibrating with impatience. Like, I want to go get the fucking train. At the same time, this is why we don't want to live in a mechanized AI controlled future. I've won Welcome on Machine Overlords. <laughs> no, it's but Insect Overlords. I know, I was adapting it to be relevant. You're adapting to the future, okay, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, again, you need to read Ian M. Banks' culture. <laughs> Just when I thought I was out of it, we're back in. It seems like a serious discussion missed a few points. Um, I think <laughs> I'm I, not convinced we had a serious discussion yet. I felt like it. Okay, maybe maybe I have hit I, me. So we we said Terminator is a good thriller, almost like a slasher. Is it a good time travel movie? Does it hang? It hangs by its own rules. But it this this one at least does. Okay, well, we're just looking yeah, at this yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly, but for this one. In this one, I think it it holds up well because nothing has ever changed in the timeline. Right. But then, so, Skynet's plan could never work. Because by what? the end of this film, like, John Connor could only exist if Kyle went back in time. So this time travel always happened. And then the movie ends and we don't have to think about it anymore. So it works. Right, but so... <laughs> they wanted a grandfather clause and it didn't work out. Yeah, where did... If... Before Skynet sent a Terminator back to kill Sarah, where did John come from and where did Skynet come from? So, okay, here's the thing. There, there's views on time travel. Um, in this one, there is only one timeline. Right. Another notable view on timeline uh, travel is when you go back you will always be in an alternate timeline back to the future holds to this one yep um, 
Yes, Avengers holds to this. It's always different. You you can't change the one you were in, but you can change something to something else. Well, Kyle does have the line, I'm from one possible future from your point of view. But... But yeah, we never see that play out. In this case, it's just this one future. Okay, so... Scientifically, let's say the time travel works. What's this film's message? The future I can... is inevitably bleak and there's nothing you can do? <laughs> In the 80s? Sure. Right, so... Well, that's Green what is I, good. <laughs> that's what I was getting at at the start. Um, because this, the film is about pregnancy. It's about the fear of bringing a child into this world. Because she's a ditzy blonde with a stupid roommate? Well, she, oh, she's, yeah, she's, a, she's, she's living a young life. She's got a crap job, whatever. She's not thinking about it. And then, suddenly, like someone who's, you know, maybe banged up on a one-night stand, whatever. Which she was. Right. But <laughs> before she literally is, she is suddenly presented with the responsibility of you are a mother. And not just a mother. She's a mother of, you know, the Messiah. She's not instantly agree with the, I'm the one to knock you up, though. No, 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 but that's irrelevant, because, well, he dies right after anyway, right? Yeah. So what she's, what she's hit with is, you are now responsible for this life. And it's about those fears. So if we do take us to T2, it drives her pretty batshit insane. Well, T2 is about postnatal depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a discussion for another time. That's when we do T2. For a well, that's why <coughs> I'm excited for the new one. Hit me up, because to me, I was like, okay, you know, Linda Hamilton's back, that's cool, Arnie's there, that's, you know, that's nice, that makes it at least a little legit. Um, Cameron is not, he's producing. He's, he's more he's, involved he's than produced. he has been in anyone since. He's more, he's more involved, but at the same time, with all those things, I was like, okay, it's another Terminator movie, and it doesn't matter anymore, so tell me why it does matter. Well, I don't know if it does yet. We don't know it But it has it does the yet. potential to actually be about something. I didn't get the potential. Uh, I've been avoiding seeing any trailers or anything. I saw the trailer. I think I saw, like, one trailer. But the way they've talked about it is that this is about Sarah. And she has, so far, had such a great character arc. And I, I think... I'm not sure where I'm getting this from. Maybe just literally from the title. I think it's about a world where there is no John Connor. And so Sarah has to prevent Judgment Day herself. So it's about... It's either about, like, losing your children or when your children move away from you. Something like that. It feels like it could be about something. So I'm interested to see if they've done that. It might just be, oh, here's some special effects and some action and some ass and titties. I could be wrong. In which case, it won't exist. But... <laughs> It might genuinely be a third good Terminator film. Well, we'll hit the theater to find out and then yeah, tell you folks that how that works out. <laughs> oh, I'd want to do a T2 one first, though. We don't have to do it right after we see it. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah. record it right after we see it, just not post it. <laughs> no. But yeah, but yeah, I feel like the first Terminator film, maybe not even consciously when... Did Cameron write it himself, or was this still when he was writing with his wife and or future wife having not looked at anything i think it's him in collaboration yeah i believe uh, gail and heard is that her name that's the name yes 
I'm pretty sure she was sort of, sort of like Lucas had uh, his, his... His wife edited it and saved the film. Yeah, exactly. And once she was out of the picture, things went a little downhill. Well, uh, basically, any time he worked on his own, things go a bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this is Cameron in collaboration. Not it makes sense yes that she would be there when Cameron invented feminism. So, <laughs> 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 as he likes to describe... Cameron invented feminism. You That's heard gonna him talk. run some people raw. <laughs> Have you heard him talk about making like T two and aliens? Hit me up. He, he just says things like, "Oh, yeah, Wonder Woman is like, um, yeah, but these modern female heroes, you know, they're still just there for titillation. It's not like the ones I was creating back in the day." He might talking be about right. films like directed by and starring women, <laughs> saying that he is more feminist. Still, though, I'm thinking of Wonder Woman, and I'm thinking of... Oh, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's not some wrong. Zack, some Zack Snyder <laughs> sneaks in there. Yeah. But I don't think he can, sit, he can say with a straight face that he was, like, the most feminist ever. No, uh, again, I, I mentioned Ripley long a time, a, a long a time ago. <laughs> and, um, you know, Sarah Connor is sort of the evolution of Ripley, and then Cameron's going to get to Ripley himself with his next movie, Aliens, right? So. Yep. But, yeah, so... <clears throat> you compare her to, like, the slasher girl thing. And in the best... A lot of the, like, schlock horror movies, the metaphor is that it's about sex and virginity. Because normally it's the... Everyone who gets laid dies. <laughs> <laughs> the good, pure, innocent girl lives, right? My favourite is Night of the Demons for that, by the way. Okay. Uh, well, um, Cabin in the Woods, even... Makes that an explicit point, right? Yeah, but Neither Demons has my favorite movie quote ever. Go on. Eat a bowl of fuck. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. That could almost be a Schwarzenegger one if you change the lyrics. Eat a bowl of fuck. <laughs> but yeah, in this film, it's about... It's not about oh, having sex will kill you. It's having sex will... Save the world. Yeah, but... Poss- uh, possibly at the cost of your individuality. And Which she's like, I don't want this responsibility. She had her own life in plan, but no, those plans are derailed. Your life now is a mother. Mm. So I feel like, yeah, it says something. It's about something. Right. It invokes emotions. It does. Um, not not to put you on the spot, but any more, any more uh, deep thoughts you want to hit there? Has Schwarzenegger been better than he is in this film? He gets more lines. <laughs> right. But is he good at delivering them? Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Because he's, he, he is perfect in this film. He is. I but l- is that because this is a film which doesn't ask him to do much acting? I like him. I love Schwarzenegger. In Total Recall better. I, I enjoy watching him in Total Recall. That might be what I mean to say. Yeah, same. But... Like, I like him in Terminator 2 better. The, one of the big reasons that's my favourite film and not this one is because Schwarzenegger's the good guy and I like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the weird thing. Um, you said there's no Terminator films past Terminator 2, but I do have a soft spot for the third one. I Same, but almost like... I love the ending. It's less like a Terminator film and more like an extended Saturday Night Live sketch if Schwarzenegger appeared on SNL. Right. <laughs> it's just... 90 minutes of Schwarzenegger jokes. Did you, and it was, that was, at the time, supposedly his last film, right? 
Yeah. Hey, um, have you actually? Did you? I'm assuming you did, but you you've watched Twins and Junior. Yeah. Okay. Comedy Schwarzenegger. He is funny. He is funny. Yeah, he's a funny guy. I didn't like Although, Junior though. Have you ever seen an interview with him about his comedy? I was watching a Schwarzenegger interview the other night about weight loss tips. Um, <laughs> but they are what they ask him like, oh, what's your favorite of your lines? He does a little bit about how oh, there's no one favorite at all. But then he starts trying to explain why one of the jokes is funny. It's like, <laughs> so in Commando, there's a scene and I get on the airplane with this big guy. He's meant to be guarding me. And then I break his neck, right? And I say to the flight attendant, I say, don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. And you see, he is actually dead. But she doesn't know that. But the audience knows that. And that's why it's funny. I have to commend you on on your Schwarzenegger. I threw a few in myself. I don't know how I am or not, but I know I know not less than a year ago you did it, and I said it sounds like a yuppie Jim Morrison, but I I, I was like, okay, we're doing a Schwarzenegger now. Yeah, um, I recently started going to the gym regularly, and I've got I've been quoting Schwarzenegger a lot recently. <laughs> I've just watching, lifted this barbell. <laughs> watching Schwarzenegger inspirational videos while I prepare and stuff. So. <laughs> I'm really on my Schwarzenegger shit at the yeah. moment. I, I guess mine is more uh, McBain. What, what's it? What's it? Mine used to drift into McBain a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Was it uh, something Wolfcastle? Rainier Wolfcastle. Rainier Wolfcastle. I, my Schwarzenegger is usually more Rainier Wolfcastle, but okay. This isn't the Simpsons movie podcast, but <laughs> the biggest sign that that movie was coming at it from the wrong angle was that it was President Schwarzenegger and not President Wolfcastle. Because mm, that shows you it wasn't made for Swimson's fans. There we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> The Terminator, how is it in 2019? One of the best films ever made. We all know this. Okay, that was a short question. <laughs> uh, yeah. If I was to compile a list of the best movies, trying to be objective, which as I said, you can't, this would be very close to the top for me. <laughs> I, hmm. My personal favourites, maybe not. Like, like I said, T2 would be above it. Maybe even Predator would be above it. But if you're making a, you know, a tech noir, a thriller, a, you know, unstoppable killing machine kills people film, can it be done better? No, it can. Because uh, I'm a little bit the opposite. It's like, like, it would hit my personal one, but not the tech one. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. There's flaws, but personally, I... I I've seen this quite a few times. Yes, yeah, same. Not like a same. lot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've seen this one more than T2. I probably have seen T2 more if you count all the times I watched it as a child. Mm. But in like adult memory, they're about even because I tend to watch both. Okay. I, I had seven years to watch this one several times, so mm. that does tip the balance. But I, I was two years old when T2 came out. So, right. so if, I, if I want to hit the Terminator now, though, I'm more likely to go for this... Although I have seen both in theaters. They both got anniversary releases in the UK. I've never seen the first one in theaters. Ah, I saw T2 in a theater on the 20th anniversary of Judgment Day. I've seen every Terminator in theaters except for this one. I've seen every Terminator in theaters except Genesis. 
I did see that in the theater. <laughs> For better. I'll take it. I'll take mine. What <laughs> oh, you I, got? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm I'm, it's, I'm I'm giving you your bragging rights on that. Um, let's let's just to end things. Let the tendrils drop down and. Uh, what weight is the Terminator holding? I feel like for many years, the Terminator was a gold standard in sci-fi and was an influence on most other stuff. Whereas now, like The Matrix, oh man, you're thinking of the Terminator when you watch that. But now I think after a few duff films, we're we're not holding so strong. I still think every like AI robot movie since Terminator is still standing in Terminator's shadow. Yeah, I mean, anytime you you have some new Battlestar, Matrix, Ex Machina, Battlestar, Battlestar gets very Terminator man. Caprica is just Terminator. You're yeah okay. <laughs> I'm just looking at Battlestars first, but a uh, Caprica no, but, no, especially. but ba- Battlestar in the original they weren't made by the humans. Right. There okay. Were alien but, species mm, chasing them, right? They yes, that is definitely correct. Mass Effect when it does its Battlestar ripoff is also a Terminator ripoff. Yeah. So anyway, there, there's some new AI things. The first thing people will scream is Skynet. Yeah. Although I feel like they scream that more because of T2 than this one. Yes. Because T2, T2 makes gets more it, into it. Yeah. It gets way more into it. So, like, I'm just... It seems like a given that this film is an influence, but I feel like in the past ten years, that's waned. Mm, but I would say that it's cinematography less so. Like, the modern noir... It was all very Terminator. Like, neon lights, dark streets, sunglasses. Gritty, re- gritty reboot. Yeah, everything's a gritty reboot. It's got to be <laughs> twisted, man. <laughs> so, okay, I'll give it that. I this... think it's a testament to how good it was that it is still a well-regarded series, despite three in a row pretty lame sequels. Yeah, I guess those have worn away at it, but the uh, the structure still holds because this and T2, and, and I'm going to throw in the TV show too. Oh, I love TV show, yeah. well. Although, it's not as good as the movies, know, you know but shows quite good. that like, they end and you're like, they had so much potential. It's one of those. Shows. No, but it ended on such a crap cliffhanger. I was like, <laughs> I think the next season would have been shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Lost, I guess, that Battlestar pulled it off pretty well. Lost to not pull it off pretty well. But it's like, ah, oh, maybe it's only good because it died before it got... It died... It it died a hero instead of living long enough to become the villain. So the... Okay, so the movie <laughs> died a hero with the franchise, and let's wait for Dark Fate and see what happens. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe it's... But fran- that's right. But I feel people still think it could be good, despite how many bad ones there have been. Every time they reboot it again. I think we're going to talk to anyone that's listening either way on that. Yeah. <laughs> I liked, um, apparently both Salvation and Genesis were produced with, this is the start of a new trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> but the turn, the turn, okay, was it a trilogy? I guess it was kind a trilogy. Kind of, but they were Not like 10 quite. years apart. Yeah, it doesn't count as a trilogy. It's, it was before everything was a franchise, right? <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was back when There's it was just movies, sequels. just making movies for money. Mm-hmm. I guess we're going to cap it off there. So this has been Matt. This has been Luke. Tell us back. Tell us where. Yeah, we will be back. Uh, Tell us where to go for us. Okay, you can find us on Twitter at MLSFS Pod. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Matt and Luke Sci Fi Sanctuary. 
Uh, however you're listening to this right now, make sure you've subscribed, given us a five-star rating. Anytime you see the words Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary and there are five stars next to it, click on the maximum number of stars. That's five. Or ten if it's ten. If it's ten, it's ten. <laughs> um, for me, uh, I'm, I'm more Facebook, I guess, guy. And I, I do the rovingsagemedia.bandcap.com because I'm going to kick a tune here, which is the... I just I don't know the term there. I'm gonna I'm gonna give us the full the full theme song today. Nice. It's the full theme song without okay. me screaming over it. Okay, by you. Yeah, and oh, and the cool. dude that um, was tripping out in the Australian hostel and not knowing what decade uh, okay. it was. <laughs> oh, you mean the full the theme song of this podcast? It, I'm giving you the full one oh, here. Okay. Here we go. Listen. Wait, I'm gonna get to plug any of my stuff. Plug. Dick, you got your podcast. Dick plug move. That. Yeah. Find me on Twitter, at Buskalily. It's a nonsense word. I do a podcast. It's called Luke Loves Pokemon. It's on Twitter, at Luke Loves PKMN. Check it out. It's nothing like this podcast. In fact, it's more like the podcasts I complained about earlier. You didn't mention well, it like the first produced. five hours. And it occurred to me a few days ago, why hasn't he mentioned Luke Loves Pokemon? He I've, been, here. I've been saving it because I'm doing a big thing in a couple of weeks and I was going to wait and do a plug then. Okay. Actually, maybe cut this out. <laughs> No, no, because I, I actually meant to plug yeah. you, but then I wanted to plug myself too with this tune. Plug me anytime. Here is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. So I'll uh, musically bring you into your intro. 
in the year 19... No, no, I'm musically okay, starting. Okay, you're doing okay. that. Oh, okay, I thought you were through the magic of editing. Here we go. You got me working. You got me working. You got me working day and night. That's not the song. It's in the club. It's You Got Me Burning. You Is Got it? Me Burning in the Third Degree. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I got a different song. I know, I feel like I had this whole soundtrack on CD. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm working off of like a two-week-old memory because there was a typhoon <laughs> and we couldn't record. And somewhere it switched to that in my mind. Anyway, hit us. <laughs> 